At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. So, so here, here's the plan. Before the foundation of the world, before the foundation of the world, God had your, plan, your life planned. It was already set up. He already knew what you were going to do. He had a plan. And it's our responsibility to tap into that plan. That's why we need God. We need the Word. We need to know His presence in our life as we're singing about tonight. We live on this planet, and how many know that there's a day when your presence here on this planet will be over, right? How many know that? Okay? I mean, if you don't know it, it's time to know that. That one day you'll be, you won't be here. You'll be in the presence of God. And um, a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about after here. A lot of people have a lot of different ideas. Hollywood's got some, some stokers. I mean, they've got some doozies of ideas about what's going to happen after this life. And uh, a lot of other people do too. And I just think they have some pretty strange ideas because I've spent 45 plus years in the Word and the Word tells me exactly what it's going to be like there. You know, it doesn't give me all the details, but it gives me a lot. And, and I know what's happening after this life. And um, one of the things that the Bible talks about, there's three different places that it mentions this, is that on the other side, we're going to be held accountable for what we didn't repent for here. And true repentance is turning. True repentance starts in your thinking. When you change the way you think, then your actions change. And the Bible's very clear about the fact that on the other side, we're going to be held accountable for the things that we didn't change and repent for. So I wonder what that's going to look like. <laughs> wonder, wonder what that, I mean, it's going to be a table and like a classroom. And Okay, Bert, why didn't you um, deal with that situation right there? Well, I meant to. I, I don't think I meant to holds up real well in heaven. Uh, I had, um, you know, strong intentions. I just don't think that holds up. And when I say it doesn't hold up, it doesn't mean that's... That, I mean, the Bible's very clear. That's not the separation between your life in heaven or your life in hell, you know. The only thing that'll send a person to hell is not believing in Jesus. That's what the Bible says. We all make mistakes. We all have things that we get over and deal with in our life. But, but the truth of the matter is that most of us, when we get on the other side, I guess, we'll have some things we'll have to answer for. And just say, you know, why didn't you change the way you thought about that? Maybe not, maybe not, as, as we stay really serious on this side and deal with the areas of our life that need to be dealt with, maybe not. And that's why this series is so absolutely important. And I'm telling you, you need to take what we've preached on this very serious and, and, and get it inside of you. Understand what 
the mercies of God are here to do for us and, and understand how that our judgment of things that we don't understand or that we're moved by in the natural will only literally get us in trouble here. Our judgments of other people in situations that are uncalled for, that are not of God, that they disqualify us. They, they stop us in our tracks from accomplishing things that God wants us to accomplish because we're so busy judging and being concerned about everybody else instead of what God's trying to get over to us. So, I'm going to read you four pretty long passages tonight, and we're just going to let the Word do the work. We're going to let our fingers do the walking. Well, not our fingers, but you know, whatever. <laughs> we're going to let our eyes do the walking through the Scripture. Amen? <clears throat> because I want us... I'm, I, I can just say in my own life, as I've been on this study in the Word for a while now, concerning mercy and grace and judgment, these things, as I've been on this, I mean, it, it's, it's revolutionizing my life. Because it's creating, and the title of my message again tonight is self-judgment. It's creating a self-judgment that I didn't think I needed to do. I thought I'd already judged myself and all that was covered. I mean, that, that's something you need to do every day of your life for the rest of your life. Not in a, not in a always focused on how bad everything. No, no, no. Just self-judgment in every action that you have, every decision you make, every, every word that comes out of your mouth about someone else created in the image of God or situations. Because... I don't have the answers for any situation that I deal with in life without Him. Our foundational scripture in Matthew 7 has been, judge not lest you be judged. And through the verses that we've read, many of them that we've read, God's just saying, you're not a good judge, and you're not a good judge and jury. I'm the judge, let me do the judging because I'm in it for the good of people. Many times when you want to judge, you want, you want people to pay. I mean, you know, if we're going to be honest, that's the way it is. That's the way it works. And so tonight, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about self-judgment just from another little angle or viewpoint. Um, <clears throat> The thing about self-judgment is that without God involved in it, it's not any good. You know why? Because there's two things that you'll end up doing. You'll either be too hard on yourself or too easy on yourself. Hmm? Remember Goldilocks and the Three Bears? One bed was too hard, one was too soft, and then one was just right. And with God, too hard, too easy, but God's always just right. Hmm? So we, we need self-judgment. We need to be judging ourselves. We need to just be aware of what we're doing. Why do you think the way you think? Why do you look at people the way that you look at people? <clears throat> um. I was thinking about this, 
just in the last couple of days, I was, I was out of town with my, at my dad's house and in the town he lives in, as of the last couple of years, there are a, there's a huge increase of people living on the streets in his town, in the town he lives in. And um, if you've never lived on the streets, then you have one perception of somebody that lives on the street. But a person that lives on the street has a different perception. And I was thinking about it in all the places that I was, was with my dad and taking him to appointments and all these different places. And everywhere we went, there was somebody, at least one person, many times five or ten or more people, just hanging around businesses and whatever with all their stuff and stuff piled up and all that kind of thing. And I thought to myself, you know, as I was there, I was kind of building this message as I was thinking about this, because you, you can have, you, you have, you have a judgment about somebody that's standing on the street corner or somebody that has a basket full of junk and look like they hadn't showered in however long or whatever. You have a judgment about that person one way or the other. You think something about that person. And yet, that person, no matter what you think, that person was created in the image of God. That person had a mother, right? That person was a little bitty baby at one time, born into this world, no telling what, why they're in the situation they're in. We don't know. But you and I weren't created you're, you're, you, you can't get under, under guilt for not taking care of all the people on the street. Because I've dealt with those type of people for many years, and most of them in those conditions, that they're, they're, many of them are making a lot of money on the emotions of other people. That's not a judgment, that's the truth. And I know it. And there's different reasons that I know it, but that's the case. But that still doesn't change the fact that they were created in the image of God. And we have to learn to get past the way we look at every situation to be able to hear God. What am I supposed to do for somebody? In most cases, people in those type of situations, most cases, unless God shows me, I'll never give people money. I used to give them money all the time. I never give somebody in that type of a situation money because money's not what they need. They need Jesus, but in a, in a way that Jesus can minister life to their spirit man. And so every situation, especially in the last year or so or more in my life, every one of those type of situations, I always ask God, you want me to do something? You want me to minister to that person? You want me to whatever, spend time with that person? Listen, nobody 
nobody can hurt you when you're led by the Spirit of God. Nobody can do something to you when God, you're hearing the voice of God. What gets you in trouble is, is not doing something or doing something out of emotion. But just in situations like that, we have, we have judgments that we have to get past. And I, I can't even 100% tell you what you need to get past where people that live on the street are concerned, one way or the other. But it's just one example of something that we have to see from the Word that Jesus addressed. So, just follow me on this little journey in the Word of four different passages. And I'm going to start in Luke chapter 6 and verse 35. He said, and I want you to watch, I want you to notice this. Rather, love your enemies and continue to treat them. Oh. Rather, love your enemies and continue to treat them well. I'm reading this in the, in the Passion Translation. When you lend money, don't despair if you are never paid back for it's not lost you will receive, watch this, a rich reward. In the first place, don't lend money if you're not supposed to. But you lend money and you don't get it back, don't be concerned is what he's saying. Um, You'll receive a rich reward and you will be known as true children of the Most High God having His same nature. Meaning, if he, lend, if he loaned someone money, he didn't get it back, he's not going to be upset. We're talking about our Heavenly Father. Be like your Father, who is famous for His kindness to heal even the thankless and the cruel. Be like your Father, who is overwhelmingly kind and shows mercy to people that don't deserve mercy. So if that's the way my father acts, then how can I act any different and justify that? Jesus just said that's the way father does. Watch this. It even gets a little deeper. Overflow with mercy and compassion for others just as your heavenly Father overflows with mercy and compassion for you and everybody else. He's the one with this kind thing, this mercy thing, this grace thing. He's the one that is overflowing with that in so many different ways. Then in um, verse 39, he says this. Jesus, Jesus also quoted these Proverbs. What happens when a blind man pretends to guide another blind man? Question. They both stumble into a ditch. Now look at what his real comparison is to these two blind men. He's just using that as a as an as a, as a example to, 
to talk about something else, and, and what he's talking about is what he just mentioned in the verses before. He said, And how could the apprentice know more than his master? For only after he's fully qualified will he be at that level. Why do you focus on the flaw in someone else's life and fail to notice the glaring flaws in your own life? How could you say to your friend, here, let me show you where you're wrong when you are guilty of even more than that person is? You're overly critical, splitting hairs, and being a hypocrite. You must acknowledge your own blind spots and deal with them before you will be able to deal with the blind spot of your friend or help your friend to overcome. See, our Heavenly Father is one that is compassionate and shows mercy and helps everybody. Did you hear what I said? Everybody. The street person the person that could actually do something for you. The ten, our tendency in life is to pay more attention to people that could, that, that could be advantageous to our lives than to be there for someone else that really couldn't do anything for us. That's the tendency. That's what we have to get over. That's what, based on these passages that I'm reading tonight and many more just like them, these are things that we will be addressed on on the other side. See, because on this side, okay, who's going who's gonna to know? You know, who's going to know that I pushed the street person aside that tried to come up to me and, and do something? Who's going to know that I ignored this person or that person? Who's going to know that I spend all my energy and my time focused on people that can do something for me versus people that need my help. Who's going to know? He knows. He knows everything. About everything all the time. He knows. And we got to learn to apply this. And, and the only way you can do that is to judge your judgments. But, you, but you're not going to be good at judging judgments if you're not judging them with the wisdom and the understanding and the mercies of God. Because if I'm judging myself by myself, then I'll be easy on myself and let myself get away with all kinds of things by justifying my actions. And you know what? I can act just like that. I can act that way, that way, this way. I can do whatever I want to do. I'm just telling you, I'm preaching this because I'm not living that way. I'm allowing myself to get to the root of every wrong and false judgment that I've ever had in my life about anything or any human being on the planet. Because God's holding me accountable to that, and I can see it through these verses of Scripture. So the question is, so how do we do this? Glad you asked. Number one, we have to do everything the way He does it, right? And so, the only way you can know what God does in any given situation is to know 
that answer from the Word. You won't find it any other place. And what we just read is, is that He shows mercy and He always forgives. We just read that. Everybody hear that in the passage that we just read? He shows mercy and kindness to everybody, and He always forgives. Always. So, I want to read a few verses of Scripture in Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read three verses out of the Amplified, and it's like it's 25 verses. And then I'm going to read a few more verses out of the New Living Translation. So these, the first three verses of Romans 12 in the, out of the Amplified. He said, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God. I'll read that again. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication to your bodies. I'm, I'm, I'm answering the question that I ask. So how do we do this? How do we deal with the judgments? How do we deal with the lack of mercy and the abundance of false judgment in our lives? And, and you know, at the, I'm just saying, and I've said this to you a few times in, in these messages as, as I've taught this, You've judged people this week, probably today, maybe when you walked in the door here. You've judged people this week, okay? All I'm trying to do is get you to see what do you need to tweak or change in the way you judge things. And here lies the answer to it in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 through 3. He said, in view of all the mercies of God... To make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take all of our faculties, everything, especially our five physical senses, that are connected to how we judge things. What you see, what you hear, you know, what you feel, what, what, what you taste at times. I mean, all the senses play a part in how I judge. So I've got to take those, and I've got to do this with that. It's a long verse that we just read, but that's what I'm supposed to do with my sense realm, my my ability to take things in and allow things to go out. I've got to bring them under submission to God's Word, and it's what I'm supposed to do. He said, it's my my reasonable service. I I don't get a reward for doing this. It's what I'm supposed to do. Can you say amen to that? He said, in verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted 
to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed, by the entire renewal of your mind by its what? Its new ideals and its new attitude. God wants new ideas and a new attitude to be developed in you from today on. Not just something you work on for a couple of weeks. It's something from today on. New idea and a new attitude so that you, your life, may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. So, I can know what true judgment is. Any situation that comes up, you're going to have an opinion about it. I don't care. I mean, if you're alive, you're going to have an opinion. But my opinions don't have to turn into false judgments. They're going to get me in trouble and shut my my effectiveness down on planet earth in being used by God's kingdom to advance His kingdom. Because when he, when he has told us, in all the scriptures we've read, and there's many more, He's told us in so many words, don't be the judge, I'm the judge. He said, He's the judge, He's good at it, and we're not. And if that's the case, then we've got to clean up our judging and learn how to sow mercy and grace continuously. And when you learn that, when you learn that, I mean, you know, and, and I, I don't, I, it just, I was ministered. God ministered to me some things about all of the people on the street that I saw. Because here's the thing. If there was, if there was, Somebody, come here, Brian. If there was somebody on the street, okay, Brian was on the street, we'll say, and I came up and I got him and I said, and I looked at him and I said, Look, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get free in your life. You remember, you remember at the gate, beautiful, the guy was looking, thinking that Peter and John were going to give him money, right? And he said, Silver and gold we have not. But what we have, we're giving to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Let's just say I came across someone like that. And I said, you know what? What you need is not my money. What you need is the God that I serve. And I'm giving you the opportunity to come and live with me for the next year. Everywhere I go, everything I do, you're going to be with me. I'm giving you that opportunity so that you can get your life free and I'm going to help you grow up and become everything that God created you to be. And then you won't be standing out here begging other people for money. You'll be making money in, in a really productive way because God made us all that way. Isn't that, isn't that true? Thank you. And over the last few days, as I saw so many people, that's what I thought about. That, that's where my mind went. My mind didn't go to go and give them money, because that's one of the last things they need, and there's a bunch of emotional people that'll give them money. God, I mean, you know, I'll give anybody whatever God tells me. I'll, 
unload my bank account if God told me to do that for anybody. I don't care who it is. But that's what I kept thinking about over the last three days as I saw so many different ones. They need somebody that knows what I know to be in their life, and they need to be with that person so that person can teach them and train them and help them to grow up. They need the Word of God to liberate their thinking in their mind because when their mind changes, then their circumstances will change. And we are created to be those kind of people. And it's, it's for anybody. It, it, somebody on the exact opposite of circumstances that's worth billions of dollars, but is totally unrenewed and has no understanding in their life, and they act like an idiot, and they're, and they're I mean, people with, people with abundance of money and no wisdom and understanding, the Bible calls them idiots. Well, those people need the same kind of thing. And we have to become people and say, you know what, I don't want your money. I want to help you get free. What you need is to be liberated and free. Your money can do nothing for you. You can't take a dime of it with you. Hmm? <laughs> like I've heard other people say and preach this before, you know, there's guys that die, they don't have a hearse behind them, you know, as they're going into glory. They're not, you know, they're not taking all their stuff with them. Their stuff stays. Right? When we're done here, now we're all on equal terms. All with the same measure of faith that we started with. And God wants you and I to be able to live this life and experience this and change the ideas and the attitudes that we have today so we can be in a greater position tomorrow and in the years ahead to be a benefit to humanity. Humanity needs our help. Can you say amen? Verse 3. For by the grace, the unmerited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought, than he ought, not more highly than he ought. Did he say you shouldn't think of yourself highly? No. No. He said not, not more highly. You ought to think really well of yourself. You're created in the image of God. You're God's masterpiece. You're His favorite. You ought to think really highly of yourself, but not more highly. Did you hear me? Not to have an exaggerated opinion of His own importance. We could talk about that for a while, but I'm going to move on. But to rate, rate... I'm to rate my ability? Yeah. I'm to judge my own heart. Where does judgment begin? In me. But to rate his ability with sober judgment. Sober judgment. That's what judging with God, in a relationship with, when you're in a relationship with God and you're judging, that's what you are, sober. You're not exaggerated on one end and loose on the other end. You're sober and right down the middle making 
quality decisions, realizing, you know what, you're not God's answer and gift to the world. Jesus is. But you're anointed with Him, and because He's given you certain things, you can do all things through Christ, who is your strength, but it's because Christ is with you. Can you say amen to that? And that's what we have to see within ourselves. But to rate our ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith appointed to Him by God. God's given each one of us the same degree or measure of faith, and it's what we do with that that determines the outcome. Can you say amen? Then in the 14th verse of Romans 12, and this is in the New Living Translation, just, just hear me as I read these next um, six, seven verses. He said, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Now, this isn't the Gospels. This is Paul's letter to the churches in Rome. And they had some enemies. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Yeah! Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil for more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the Scripture says, I will take revenge or I will judge. Right? I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, in other words, God will take care of your enemies. He's already taken care of your enemies. Why? Because you reap what you sow. And if somebody's an enemy against your life, and they're sowing evil by doing evil things, God said, I'll take care of them. What I need you to do is pray for them. And I need you to declare things over their life, to speak blessing over their life, so that they can begin to change in their minds, their ideas and their attitudes can change, but they'll never change if, no, if, if all people are doing is cursing them. Things are just getting worse and worse and worse. By your words are you justified, by your words are you condemned. Are condemned. Death and life are in the power of what we say. People experience life and understanding and revelation, or people experience death and destruction and, and darkness and things loom over them continuously because there's no word being spoken over them. We're changing that. I'm changing this whole planet with the words that I say every day. I'm changing the whole planet. Not overestimating and and over-focusing on myself as being more than I am. I'm just doing what He said I could do. 
We can change the whole world by the words that we speak out of our mouth. If we do it consistently and we never stop, and then we start really believing that what we're saying is actually coming to pass, we'll have everything we say. Why? Because our elder brother, Jesus Christ, the anointed one on earth, he did that, and he changed everything, and we can do the same thing he did if we come together and do it his way. And what's trying to stand in our way is evil in people. And the more we judge the evil that we see in other people, the more it hinders us. And it holds us back from being effective at what we pray and how we declare and say things. Less effective. For the Scripture says, I'll take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing what's good. How will that bring burning coals of, what, what, what do they call it here, of shame on their heads. Because see, when, when people are ugly and they're continuing to do ugly and you do good, see, what, what can't happen is you can't do good out of spite. Well, I'll show them. For some reason, that doesn't sound like my heavenly Father. It's got to sound just like Him. Lord, I mean, He, he can accept this one. Lord, I really don't want to do this. I'm really, you know, I could use a few words to describe the way I feel about what this person did. I mean, if you're going to be honest, right? You can't lie to God. See, see then you'll have, then you lie to God and then you'll have one of those table talks on the other side. So why did you lie? Why don't you just be honest how you felt? Yeah, but God, I didn't want to upset. No, I'm not upset. I knew, I already knew. Right? So just be honest. I don't want to do it. But I'm believing that I can sow mercy in a situation where I want revenge. And I'm going to keep sowing mercy until I see that thing broken in me. Because listen, there's something going on that you have in judgment towards someone else. There's two parties involved. Only one that you can be in control of the actions are you. That's why these, these passages, oh, they just for years didn't make any sense to me. I felt like, you know, somebody messed up and put the wrong books in the Bible or something. How could this be in here? How could God look at things like this? But now I know. Now I realize. Now I see clearly what he was talking about. Amen? But that last verse there, don't let evil conquer you but conquer evil by doing good. Can you say amen? So, look at Luke 18 and verse 9. And I think this is the last one. I'm I'm not going to read the fourth one I had, but I'm going to read this. Verse 9, 
Jesus taught this parable to those who were convinced they were morally upright and to those who trusted in their own virtue yet looked down on others with disgust. Two men who went into the temple to pray, one was a proud religious leader, the other a despised tax collector. The religious leader stood apart from the others and prayed, How I thank you, O God, that I'm not wicked like everyone else. (laughs) I'm not wicked like everybody else except me. Wow, there's some pride in that one. Remember, don't think too highly of yourself. See, that's what, when you get tied, when you get connected and, and you get engulfed in judgment of other people, that's what happens is you get in pride. Not realizing not in most cases, not really realizing it, but that's where you're at. You're in pride because you think that you don't have that big mode in your eye. You know, you just think that that it's huge in someone else when really that's just a speck. It's just a little thing, a little issue that they're dealing with. You got a big thing, but you can't see to help that little issue because your big thing is all clouding your vision and your ability to see clearly and how to be free of these kind of judgments that he's talking about here. He said, um, the religious leader stood up, stood apart from the others and prayed, oh, how I thank you, O oh God, that I'm not wicked like everyone else. They're cheaters, they're swindlers, they're crooks, like that tax collector over there. God, you know that I never cheat or commit adultery. I fast from food twice a week and I give you a tenth of all I earn. The tax collector stood alone in a corner away from the holy place and covered his face in his hands, feeling that he was unworthy even to look up to God. Beating his breast, he sobbed with brokenness and tears, saying, God, please, in your mercy. He said, God, please, in your mercy, and because of the blood sacrifice, forgive me. For I am nothing but the most miserable of all sinners. Remember, he's the one that forgives everybody, right? He forgives everybody. And this guy came and said, forgive me. So what does God do? Forgives him. Not tooting his own horn and talking about how great he is and all the things that he's done and all these. You don't don't need self-promotion. And actually, I'll just keep reading because he says it right here. And he said... "Um, <clears throat> and he said, I'm nothing but a miserable sinner. Which one of them, so the question was, which one of them left for home that day reconciled to God? The humble tax collector, not the religious leader. For everyone who praises himself will one day be publicly humiliated. And everyone who humbles himself will one day be publicly honored and lifted up. I don't know about you. But I like that honored thing better than the humiliation. Why? Because you reap what you sow. See, God's already judged everything. The judgment's already laid. God's not up there like, like a puppet on a string and he's working this one and he's, he needs to bring judgment. God's not bringing judgment. Everything's already been judged. That's why when we understand the power of showing mercy, in every situation in life, when we understand the power in that, then we're reaping the results of sowing mercy. And the more mercy you're sowing, the less judgment you sow. 
of any person, anywhere. And, and listen, what, what, this, what this teaching does, what, what it's supposed to be doing for you, is empowering you to change your ideas and your thoughts every single day in every situation that you find yourself in. Just because of what I said about people living on the street, you're going to think differently every time you see one from now on, a person on the street. You know, I didn't tell you to go rescue every person on the street. Most of them don't want to be rescued. Like I said, I saw a couple of documentaries on people on the street that are making six figures from the emotions of people that put in five or ten or however much in their little bucket when they pull up to the, you know, to, to a stop sign, to a stoplight or whatever, mainly in, in major cities, people making six figures that way by going out there and making it look like they have nothing and working on the emotions of people. I'm not saying that's everybody, okay? But because of those documentaries that I watched, I had judgments toward people like that, you know? And I'm just being totally gut honest with you. You need to get a job. Just go get a job. Just do something, you know? And so I had judgments that everybody's that way, and they're not. And God wants to help every single one of them. And God, God's judgment in those situations are for the people's good and their deliverance. And when He can find somebody that will let Him be the judge and them not be the judge of situations, then He can use you and you can hear God and God may tell you to do something for somebody in a given situation. We're here to change the world. We're here to be here to change the world, not be like the world with our mouths and our judgments of other people. We were created to understand the mercy of God. And listen to me. Everybody sitting in here tonight and, and, and everybody that's heard my messages and if you've gone back and listened to them again and again and again, as you're listening to these, it takes time to develop for you what God wants to get over to you based on what I'm teaching. It's not just Okay, i got to quit doing that. It's not, it's not, this is not a, a series on you judge too much and you need to stop. No. This is a series about living and operating in the mercy of God and learning how to hear the voice of God and do the things that God has told us to do. That's what this is about. And tonight, that's what I'm believing for you, that you're getting from this series an understanding of how much God needs you to be free of all judgments in your life toward other people, toward situations, so that you can hear Him and then you can be a doer of what He tells you to do. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.